Welcome to the Nightly Rant with your hosts, Mike and Toria. This is the show where we examine society from a sarcastic point of view. If you like insane conversations, this is definitely the show for you. Let's get into today's topic. YPN people, I don't know about you, but I love helping out a friend. That's why I want to shout out my friend Brian Little and his podcast, Your Favorite Blockhead. This is the only show that manages to weave together peanuts and MMA into one heck of an amazing podcast. You can find your favorite blockhead wherever your favorite podcasts reside and at yourfavoriteblockhead.com. Do me a huge favor and listen to Brian's show. You'll be entertained and you'll help out a friend. Now, as I said, let's get into today's topic. Google sucks. Does it? How can Google suck? I swear, I swear after the conversation I had today, if I trusted one of the other search engines to actually give me the answers, I would probably never use Google ever again. They are so (laughs) out of touch with reality. So let me tell you what happened. We have four businesses that we run and they're all under the same umbrella. I added them to Google My Business and three of the businesses went in just fine. But the fourth business, they suspended it. I'm going, well, okay, why did you suspend it? And they keep saying, you're using the same physical address as other businesses. Well, we rent an office space from an executive suite company. Of course, there's going to be other businesses with the same address. In fact, there's probably 50 of them. them. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of them. So the guy's explaining to me that they only allow one business per address, and that's their rule, period, the end, and there's nothing you can do. And I told him, well, first of all, that's not true because there's four businesses and three of them um, went through and one didn't. Why did you choose that one? He's going round and round and round with me. And he's one of these guys that when you talk, he cuts you off. And he did it. You know how much you love He did it. I'm not. Yeah. And and, and I'm not lying. Five times this guy cut me off. Finally, I ask a question and he starts going on and on and on and on and on and on in this tangent. And I cut him off. And he yelled at me and said, if you'd let me finish. Oh, my God. So then I start laughing, like actually laughing. And I said, huh. That's pretty funny from the guy who's cut me off five times during this conversation. I keep telling him, you know, Google, you're, you guys are out of touch because there's lots of people like us who have multiple businesses where our clients physically come to the office and yeah. yet you're not going to let them have more than one listing. And he said, <laughs> he said, no, we're not. He said, in fact, there's billions of businesses that are being delisted on Google My Business because they have multiple listings. Wow. So that's special. I don't understand how Google, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, I mean, these days, multiple streams of income is like the key to success. How, how are you going to make it if you right. can't list your businesses? You know what? I went in and I just deleted all the locations and said, you know what? I don't even need your stupid Google My Business listing. We've had one for the main business for three years and we've gotten no phone calls from it. So well, who, who cares? cares? Goodbye. Be done with it. Exactly. If they're going to be dicks, then whatever. So I wanted to introduce, we, we do have a very quiet guest over here who I don't think is going to be very quiet after this. I've got uh, Kelly Cooper. She's a coach who specializes in the law of attraction. That's one of the topics I'm always very interested in. She likes to focus on the theory versus reality of manifesting and addressing misconceptions about the teaching. And I've got a lot of questions about that. She and her husband run their location-independent businesses from all over the globe. And I'm betting they can't get a Google My Business listing either. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to chat with you tonight. I like your energy and I think it's going to be a good conversation. Awesome. We we try to have fun. 
that's the whole reason for this show. You know, we started this show to capture our crazy conversations. And uh, <laughs> what we always say, it's evolved into this thing where we've, where as we've examined humankind, we've discovered that there's a certain group of people who really get what life is all about. And then the rest of them are just sort of existing. Yeah. And it's, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. So Very tell me about, Tell me about your law of attraction coaching and what you do there. So like you said in the intro, I really like to focus on a couple of key issues that I think either lead people to dismiss the teaching altogether, which I think is a shame because I do believe there's something to your inner world creating your outer world. And then if you don't pay attention to any of that, you kind of create more problems for yourself than you deal with problems that you don't really have to deal with. You keep all this good stuff out of your life that you probably really want, but you don't think you could have for whatever reason, from your bad childhood to whatever. And also, I think people that do believe and they are interested in exploring the teaching, these uh, misconceptions and these, you know, the difference between the theory of it and how it actually plays out in real life with the, the average human, they struggle a lot unnecessarily. And then they kind of give up thinking the law of attraction doesn't quote unquote work. And then they might feel even worse than they did before they gave all this thing a whirl because. They had some hope build up. Oh, maybe things can be different. I can attract the boyfriend or this thing or that thing. And then it, there's, they fail at it. And then it's like that failed, failing at it feels worse than when you didn't think you could have it anyway. And then you didn't even bother trying. How is that different? You said your inner world and your outer world. And I'm a big believer. Like I read once that if you sit down at the beginning of the year and you write down 10 goals and you put them into an envelope uh, and, put, and seal it and put it away, and don't open it again until the next New Year's Day, you open that thing up, at least two of those goals will have been accomplished without you really doing much of any effort to accomplish them. Because just by the act of writing it down, you bring those things into being. So like, how does that apply to a law of attraction scenario? I think in this kind of energy work or personal growth in general, I think intention is very powerful. So when you make that list, you're kind of sending out kind of signals into the universe, like you're creating an energy in that moment in the invisible world of these intentions. And it's funny how you said about not really doing much. And I think that's and not saying you'll never take action, but it's really the energy that creates not the action. And a lot of times when people find that that happens for them, it's like it's perplexing to them, like, well, I didn't really do much to do it. And I'm like, actually, the not doing for a lot of us, depending on what the intention is. That actually helps you because when you're not thinking about it and you're not attached to it, you're not doing stuff that gets in the way. You're not always focusing on how you don't have it. You're not thinking, I need this to be happy. You just kind of put it out there and then just stuff naturally transpires in a way that it ends up happening in some way. Maybe in some respects, you take certain actions you feel inspired to take and that contributes to it somehow that opens up the path or it creates an opportunity or you don't really do much of anything and it, your action's not a necessary part of the equation and somehow it comes together anyway. So yeah, I think for a lot of people, that intention of writing stuff down is very powerful. I remember a few years ago, speaking about that, interestingly, I found this like index card and like this letter I wrote, it was like 2009 that I wrote it. And I wrote about all these, my top five things I wanted in my life. And I kind of wrote this letter, like what my life, my ideal life was like, you know, present for, it's one of the common, you know, techniques you hear about with stuff like this. And I kind of put it away and I didn't think about it for years. And I was cleaning out my room one day a couple of years ago and I found it and everything on the list had happened. 
And now some of these things I didn't make any attempt to do and other things I had made very conscious choices to, to bring these things into my life. And I took actions, but it was like, at the time I wrote it, my life was not in any position. I'd be like, how the fuck is any of this stuff going to happen? Like my life was kind of a mess. And I, my dad had died and I was like grieving. I had a lot of anxiety and depression, had severe financial problems. Like my life was like in the toilet and, but I was working on my, and I made this list and, you know, you do what they tell you to make these lists and these intentions. And I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And it, yeah, it was just interesting to see that over the years, all of these things came together in that way. So yeah, it really, there is great power in intention and in thinking about these specific things you want. Know that it's possible, even if you can't figure out how, your mind can't figure out how ever, you can't see anything but the next step. You can't see how it's all going to unfold, how it all, the bigger picture of it. But yeah, like whatever you feel like you want, it's it's possible. And just, yeah, start thinking about what would I like my life to look like in a perfect world if I knew I could get what I want. No judgment, no criticism, no tamping it down to be realistic. None of that stuff. Just think, what would you want to do? I want to travel. I want to do this kind of job. I want this thing. I want that thing. And it's like, write it down, set these intentions. And obviously, energetically, we might have some work to do. Some of these things, we might not believe they're possible. But then that's when you start examining the energy. And that's where I think the theory and reality can diverge a bit. Because in theory, right? you read about the law of attraction, your only problem technically is maybe you don't know it's a real thing. You don't know about energy. You don't know how the universe works. So then you believe it, set your intentions, be positive, and you get it. But in reality, our human energy is a bit messier than that. And uh, not believing is not, there might be other issues that you need to tend to. That kind of makes a crazy amount of sense. Yeah. When you word it like that, it makes an alarming amount of sense. Yeah. Cause it's just like, you might think there's self-sabotage, skepticism, fear, doubt. So a lot of times one of our big issues with not having the stuff we want is a big part of us doesn't want them. <laughs> that's a that's just an example of like that reality of it. You know, in theory, you're not accounting for the part of you that's like, no, actually I'm okay with how things are now. I actually have some negative associations with getting the boyfriend, losing the weight, healing my health problem, getting the different job or whatever it is. And just, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting thing. So that's why I try to help people like explore that energy and understand, you know, you have to understand part of the process is not just the positive thinking and all that. Yeah, that's great. But if you've been creating your reality this whole time, you're probably going to have to look at, well, why does my life look the way it looks now? Why do I have these different struggles? Why do I have these problems if I created this too? So it's good to know, like, that's very helpful feedback to have. Well, have <laughs> you ever heard? of the time management system called getting things done? Uh, no, I have not. Okay, so 15 years ago, uh, and I remember because I read the book the day my youngest son was born. 15 years ago, I read this book and by this guy named David Allen. And he talks about the power of taking the things you need to do and capturing them on a list somewhere. Mm. So you, you know, write down what you have to do. The main thing that attracted me to it, because I'm a very logical person, is... I never understood like, okay, I used to tell bosses this all the time. You know, they'd say, you need a to-do list with priorities. Okay, great. So I have this as my number one priority, but I have to go to this other office and I can't do my number one priority while I'm at the other office. So how do I reconcile that? And no one ever had the answer. And what, what his getting things done system does is it puts it into a context. You, know, you have a list of phone calls you make. You have a list of errands that you run. You have a list of things you can do when you're at your computer. You have a list of things you can do when you don't have a computer. And your concept is you you just start knocking things off of that list. And it, he takes into account like your time and your energy. But 
what he talks about that I missed the first time I read the book, but the second time I went through it, I picked up on, it's very similar to what you're talking about. By putting things onto paper, you're also reducing your stress because you don't have to remember those things anymore. They're put, they're, they're written down. You've got them in a list. But also something about your brain goes to work making sure you accomplish the tasks that you put into the list. And mm. my productivity, since I've used that, went through the roof, but it seems similar. Like you're attracting, you're taking the energy and you're, instead of wasting it on waking up at two in the morning thinking, oh my God, I have to accomplish that, write that report before tomorrow. It's written down. You don't have to think about it. And so mm. you can use your energy for other things. But okay, I've heard people talk about law of attraction in a way that I, I don't feel is accurate but they sort of mm. they sort of compare it to praying right like they're they're asking the universe for something and then it's just going to give it to them and then like yeah. and then, then they don't get what they asked for and so then they go around telling anyone who listen that it's all bogus and it doesn't work <laughs> yeah how do you feel about that well yeah i think that's one of the big misconceptions is like it's not about it's not a tool to manipulate reality the to me the process of attraction is very neutral and like dispassionate clinical, like there's input and output. You're not being punished for your negativity or your negative thinking. You're not being rewarded for positivity and your positive thinking. You're putting an energy out there. Whatever's dominant doesn't have to be perfect, luckily, or else we'd all be screwed. Whatever's dominant, <laughs> you just get that mirrored back to you in whatever way it shows up. You know how it shows up exactly. We can't ultimately, we can't really control it. So yeah, I would say to people, it's not about asking for what you want and then getting it. You have to, you can ask for what you want and that in the form of the intentions, there's power in like putting it out there, but you can only get what you're a match to. You don't get what you need. You don't get what you want. You get what you're a match to wanted or unwanted. Again, it's very neutral. There's, I don't think there's any judgment happening in this process. Again, there's no punishment and reward based on your energy or anything like that. So when you're asking for what you want, great, awesome, do it. But you have to then think about the next part of the equation is, okay, I've asked for this, I've set this intention, but am I an energetic match to it? And if you're not, that's okay. You have to be able to admit you're not and be willing to address that. But yeah, so if people think it's just some magical thing where I just ask for what I want, or it's just about positive thinking, that's part, those things factor into it, but that's not what the law of attraction is. Like you want to think of it as not a tool that, well, I just wasn't using the law of attraction before. And that's my, must be why I don't have what I want. And I have all of these problems. Now I'll use the law of attraction to get what I want. And it's like, mm, not quite. It's a universal law, an energetic law, however you want to think of it, that's always been operating in your life. So it's like, I've always been creating. I just wasn't really conscious of what I was creating. I didn't really know this was how it worked. So I really wasn't paying much attention to my inner world. I really wasn't taking the time to question these painful beliefs that don't serve me, that feel bad and make me think feeling victimized or that this is, this is unfair or I can't have this or this is how the world works, like all these things that tend to feel badly. So it's like, oh, okay, I see that I have to actively participate in this process somehow by not proving your worth or proving you deserve what you want or anything like that. We're worthy just for the fact we exist and it's inherent in our being, but Am I a match to these things energetically? And then most of us would be like, well, obviously not, or else I would have them. I wouldn't have money problems if I was a match to money or I had good money, just an example, right? So yeah, it's really not about just the positive thinking. Again, that's part of the equation, 
But there's a difference between truly thinking positively and just being in denial about your negativity and pretending you believe things you don't. And that's what most people are doing. And then they're like, well, where's my stuff? And it's like, well, you can't get the stuff because you're energetically, you're not a match to it. You don't actually believe these things. Energetically on an emotional level, you don't actually feel that way. So yeah, it's not about like, you're about asking it is given. It's like technically, but not really, because it's not about asking for something and then receiving it. It's about receiving what you're a match to. And that's something that most of us were probably going to have to do a little bit of work on that, or else we'd probably already have the things if we were, if our energy was uh, lent itself to them being in our existence. Well, what about people who say that bad things happen because people think negatively? I think that's true, but it's an oversimplification, I think, because what happens when people hear that is it's the bad things that happen to you is some sort of punishment for thinking negatively, or you brought it on yourself or you must wanted it to happen because this is the things you think and you believe. It's like, no, of course not. To me, like I said before, to me, I think the process of attraction is very neutral and like disinterested. There's no punishment or reward. It's like, for example, if you have an energy where like you just are deeply distrustful of people and you think people are out to get you and everyone's a cheat and everyone's out for themselves, that kind of energy it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? You're going to attract people that cheat you and give you a reason not to trust them. Now it's not like, well, you were negative. So you, you attracted that business partner that cheated you out of all your money and it's your fault. It's like, no, of course not. But if that's your predominant view of people and that's how you think people are generally, you're putting out an energy where that's the kind of people you're going to attract into your life. So don't think of the bad stuff, quote unquote, that you manifest as like a punishment for being negative or you deserve it because you're negative. To me, I like to remind people everything, just think of everything in your reality, good and bad, wanted and unwanted is just neutral feedback of your energy. You're putting an energy out there and you're just attracting stuff or receiving experiences that just mirror that energy back to you in some way that are a reflection of it. And if you're reflect, if you're getting stuff mirrored back to you that you don't like, energetically, it's like, okay, why do I think I'm attracting these sorts of experiences? Why do I think I'm bringing these sorts of people into my life? And then when people start seeing, connecting these dots energetically, again, they'll just start to see that, oh yeah, it's not any sort of punishment. It's not because I'm a bad person or I don't deserve what I want or this thing or that thing, or it's something my mind might tell me or religion might tell me, or this person might tell me. It's just that, oh yeah, that's where my energy is. I don't trust people. So I manifest people that give me a reason not to trust them. I have really low self-esteem, so I attract boyfriends that treat me like shit. Like, And people start to see, it's like, oh, I get it now. No punishment, nothing like that's happening. I just have a certain energy, and of course, I'm just attracting experiences that mirror it back to me. So yeah, don't blame yourself. It's not your fault. Again, you don't know that you're doing it, so you can't blame yourself for doing something you don't know you're doing. So it's like, yeah, like just see the bad stuff. It's the good, And the good stuff, too, is just neutral feedback, too. You're not going to get rewarded for your positivity either. It's just new. It's wanted, unwanted, good, bad. It's just a neutral mirroring of, of your inner world to me. You've officially made me question all of the energy I put out into the universe. Yeah. And that's good. That's <laughs> where it starts. You're like, oh, wait, it's like, duh, of course. Why? Because and it's, it's empowering because you see if you created it again, not from a place of blaming yourself, but just responsibility and like owning it, like own your shit. Okay, like, yeah, I see I'm, I'm kind of a negative person. I kind of get now why I attract negative people or I have a lot of fears around money. I kind of get why, I sh you know, and it's taking own because it's empowering because you see, oh, if I created this, 
based on this energy, I can change my energy. That's the only thing that's truly under my control. I get to decide what I believe, how I feel about myself, what I believe about how the world works, all of these things. No one can influence that. No one can force anything else on me. Oh, great. So I can change that. So this idea of ownership and not blame, it feels good because no one likes to feel like their life is out of their control or it's not fair or this happened because this because think about, right, if you think everything's everyone else's fault, it feels bad to think that your life is dependent on the whims and actions and whatever of other people because you can't control any of that. So it's like, oh, I created this so I can create something new. So many people fight that, but I'm like, it's a fucking good thing. I'm like, why are you fighting this perspective so much? Like, But that's the <laughs> mind. The mind is very dysfunctional and fucked up. And it has us fighting for stuff that keeps us miserable. It, it's funny. Us humans, we're a funny group of beings. Suckers <laughs> for punishment. Exactly. It's something. I'm just like, no, this is a good thing. Why are you getting mad about it? Like, don't you want to change all the shitty stuff? And they're like, yeah, but you know, still it's like the lovely ego kind of steps in and it has us fighting for things that feel terrible. And it's, it's funny. It's just well, weird. It's funny because you've made me officially question everything. And it's made like part of my <laughs> brain suspicious of the other part of my brain. So it's like, don't <laughs> yeah. trust anything. <laughs> it's like, who can I trust? And that's where, and you know what it is? I like to tell people too, one of the best ways to kind of help break away from that is because like our mind, right? Because here's the thing, you're, you're going to have a hard time believing something if you don't really have experience in your own life to prove it true. You're not going to just all of a sudden be like, oh, no matter how good the belief feels or how much you want to believe it, if you don't have your own personal proof, you're probably not just going to all of a sudden be like, oh, I believe this now. I think a lot of things with law of attraction and different spiritual wisdom and all that, I think what happens is there's a part of us that knows all of these things already intuitively in our heart, something sparks and we like, yeah, I, I feel like there's something to this. I haven't thought much about it. I don't live my life this way, really, but I just know something is true. So I think for a lot of people, the first step in really taking this journey and breaking away from the mind is, are you willing to trust your feelings and intuition as a valid means of evaluating truth? Because if you are, then it's like, okay, if that's true, and if my feelings are this kind of guidance system, things that feel good, that must be true. The things that feel shitty, that must not be true. Okay, I trust that there's something to that. Because if you try to do it all from the level of the mind, you hit a wall almost immediately because this isn't this isn't work of the mind. So it, it can't you can't really bring it into that world. Well, I have a comment and a question. My comment mm -hmm. is that, I, you know, Toria will tell you that I have a theory about people <laughs> and how they come together and interact. My theory is that every one of us is like a chemical compound. Mm -hmm. All of our energy that we bring with us is like a chemical compound. And when you, you know, it's like we all have our group of friends and we all know that like spouses will tell you, oh, I don't want you to be around that person because when you're around them, you're super loud and rowdy and I don't like it. <laughs> and it's true. I think different people, when you mix together, it's like a chemical reaction. And sometimes mm. it's a good chemical reaction. Sometimes it's a bad chemical reaction. Yeah. Sometimes it's just neutral. I and I think I think that's the energy that we all bring together. And it's the intersection of their energy and, our, and our, my energy coming together to create this bigger picture. So mm -hmm. I have one friend who makes me really think a lot. And so I get quieter. Then I have other friends who they make me louder and I'm just different depending on who I'm around. With that said, though, how do you feel this relates to, say, visualization? Because you always hear about visualize how you want your business to be or visualize how you want mm -hmm. your life to be. 
So how does the law of attraction principles intersect with this visualization idea? I think visualization can be a very powerful tool for applying the teaching in your life because to me, the law of attraction, a lot of it's like there's an emotional charge to your thoughts and that's what really creates the reality. It's the emotion, not so much the words in your head. And visualizing can be really good for creating the emotion. And um, so it's what I would say is, though, but what happens, though, I think with one of the kind of misconceptions that kind of can lead people astray with the teaching is it be, the law of attraction, it's kind of become synonymous with things like visualization and people think that's manifesting. Well, let me just visualize. And it's like, yeah, that's a tool to help activate energy, to help shift your focus, maybe in ways that serve you to give you practice, maybe thinking about the things you want in a positive way by imagining them happening already. And you get that practice existing in that emotional space around that subject matter, whatever it might be, you're looking to change in your life. So I would say visualizing can be good. uh, But don't worry so much about being so specific with the vision, thinking you need to think exactly what you want to manifest. And if you don't get it right, then you're not going to get what you want or whatever. Think more about it could be more like if you have a very specific picture, then go for it. But it's really the, the, the visualizing is really not so much about the picture. It's about creating the feeling. So anything that creates the feeling can be helpful. So if you're not a visual person, don't stress that you can't visualize. When If you're visualizing, because to me, I'm not very visual. Like if I try to visualize, I can't get clear like movie-like pictures. Like some people say that they can do that when they think about stuff. I might be able to have a fuzzy picture in my mind, but it's more the feeling I'm able to connect to. So yeah, visualizing can be very helpful, but think more about activating the feeling. Don't stress so much about the specific details of the picture, especially too with when you're thinking about what you want. The more details we tend to get, the more it's coming from the mind and it may or may not be an accurate representation of what is actually going to make you happy. Uh, And also the more details you get, the more the mind gets involved with like, well, how's that going to happen? Well, if you want A to happen, then B and C have to happen too, but then D is going to need to happen to make C happen. and, And you start like kind of, you know, we kind of go into a tailspin a bit trying to still do it all from the mind. But yeah, visualizing any any tool that could help you activate positive energy, is going to be beneficial for you. And that's an individual thing for everyone. So if visualizing doesn't work, you can try affirmations. Technically, you don't need to do any of those things. But most of us are going to find some benefit in having some kind of structure to our personal growth and energy work. I personally don't do as much of that stuff anymore, because I personally didn't find it worked for me. It created a lot of tension and anxiety. I didn't find it benefited me the way that it should. But yeah, a lot of you, you might find, especially in the beginning, some kind of tool to help you focus in this way might be helpful. I have to say this year, Tori and I run multiple businesses together. And we decided at the end of last year that, you know, we were kind of stagnant at a certain revenue number. And we decided we wanted to work with some people to try to improve that. And I'm, you know, Back in April, so only a couple months ago, I was given this morning routine to follow. And essentially, I was to write down like a looking back as though it was the end of the year, what my year was like. And then another section of it was a bunch of affirmations that mean something to me. And then another one of them was more like visualizations of like what our office looks like, what our staff number, how many people on staff, et cetera. And then what you're supposed to do is, you know, it's a living document. You keep changing it as things change. Mm -hmm. But every morning, you're supposed to read it out loud. I can't 100% say that that is responsible for this. But, I mean, we've actually experienced about 50% increase in revenue Mm -hmm. since April. And I think, if nothing else, it's sort of like the concept of the writing down 10 goals and 
not looking at them. I think your brain goes to work making these things happen for you. Absolutely. You're, I think your brain goes to work. I think that you start focusing in on things in your environment that are relevant, that inspire. Like, Yeah, it's like you, I think there's great power in that intention because if you feel inspired to want something, there's probably a good chance that you can manifest it and it's something that is good for you and you'll manifest it. Maybe not always the exact specific thing, but it's like, like business goals, for example, if you're passionate about your business and you want to see growth in all these things and you're good at what you do, there would be no reason for your business not to succeed in that way. So like, yeah, and then anything that you can do that helps you activate that energy, like reading the list every morning. So yeah, I think for a lot of people, it's important to do things on a daily basis that help you activate positive energy. It doesn't necessarily have to always be about the specific area you're trying to manifest in. If it feels good, go for it. But if it feels like tension and pressure, it could always be good to just focus. I like to talk a lot about uh, like general vibe management because I find that all the specific things we want, when you whittle down the core energy you're looking for, at the core, it's all the same peace, well-being, fulfillment, a sense of, you know, like ease and whatever. And then it's like the general vibe management of just like doing what you can to feel good overall, because that's all you want anyway. That energy, once you cultivate that, you'll start attracting things in all areas of your life that mirror that energy back. And whether it's your business, your body, your health, your relationships, your job, whatever it is that you're looking to change. And uh, yeah, I think, yeah, anything you could do to just, and it's not about trying to be relentlessly positive all the time or, or anything like that, but it is just really being cognizant of your energy day to day and just trying to create a more stable, consistent energy that will lend itself to change in all areas of your life. And when you're feeling better overall, any specific energy work you do in a particular area, it's probably going to feel better and be more effective, quote unquote, if you want to think of it that way. Because if you're already feeling better overall, you'll feel less tension about trying to manifest in these specific areas. And then it's just the positive energy you're activating. There's room for it in your vibe already because you're already feeling better overall. So I would say that for people too, like general vibe management is helpful and it'll help you if you want to manage your energy in specific areas and focus very specifically on specific goals. Because then you don't ever want to try to create in the specific areas from that space of like tension and anxiety and being attached to these outcomes and, and stuff like that. And I feel like the general vibe management helps kind of take care of that sort of energy that can kind of get in the way. I feel like you should name this episode general vibe management because it's like yes. the most amazing thing I've heard today. Yeah, that's, that's what I talk about a lot with people because that's all you really want anyway. And it's okay to want specific things. But a lot of times when people go to the teaching, they're kind of going at it from like pain minimization mode. I'm upset because I don't have a boyfriend. I'm upset because of this or that thing or whatever. And if I get it, I'll feel better. And then in that energy, you're always going to be very focused on that. You don't have it. You're going to be very focused on all the stuff you don't like now. And it's hard to change. It's hard to manifest a different reality when you're so locked into this one that you don't like. So when you just feel better overall, you get what you want right away, which is to feel better. And you can relax on all the other specifics because you're starting to see oh, I actually feel better now, even though I still don't have that stuff. So I don't, I could still want it, but that need we might feel around it that drives us needing it, then that starts to go away. And it's, it's easier to manifest stuff when you don't feel like you need it. The mind doesn't understand that though, because your mind thinks your need will keep you <laughs> motivated. So it doesn't want you to give it up, but it doesn't understand how energy works and how that works against you. It thinks it helps, but it doesn't. It's interesting because you, some of the things you said kind of took away a little bit of the guilt that I've had because one of the things that I said was make sure you do this every single day without fail over and over and over again. 
And probably the first three weeks, I was like just a Nazi about that. Like everything was, you know, okay, I got to do that before I do Mm -hmm. this and I have to do that. Then it got to the point where, you know, I felt stressed by it. And those were the days that I'd say, you know what, just going to set this aside. I'm going to do this again tomorrow or maybe the next day when I'm not stressed. Because I started thinking about it and I'm like, right, because, you know, you it becomes a block more than a help because Mm -hmm. if you're stressed about it, then all you're thinking about is getting it over and done with. And you're really just kind of going through the motions. You're not really into it. And I think I think for something like that to work, you have to be consciously involved with it. Absolutely. And it wasn't, you know, and now now I feel better about it because, you know, it was I was feeling a little guilty that there'd be days where I wouldn't do it. But then I mean I started thinking about it. I used to be a personal trainer and I used to tell my clients like baby steps. You can't go from being like, like I once had a lady call me in November and tell me she wanted to lose a hundred pounds by her birthday. So I'm thinking, wow, you know, like your birthday has to be sometime between now and yesterday. And what the heck, (laughs) she wanted to lose a hundred pounds by February 1st. And it was like November 28th. Yeah. (laughs) I said, well, I'm sorry, but you know, we, there's no way we can do that. It's just not going to happen. And she got kind of upset with me, but then I explained to her, it's about baby steps. Yeah. You're looking for, you're looking for progress. You're not looking for miracles. And I started thinking about the process that I was going through and I thought, well, it's the same thing. It's baby steps. You weren't doing this at all before. Uh, it even reminded me of a, a really good fitness coach that I heard once. He had a radio show and a guy would call, calls in and says, Hey, I'm having a hard time losing the weight. So I started asking questions and finding out that basically like the guy would get off work and he would pick up a pizza for dinner because he was single, pick up a pizza or he would stop and Mm -hmm. go through a drive-thru and bring home hamburgers. And he told him, he goes, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to stop doing that Monday to Friday. And then Saturday and Sunday, just do whatever you want to do. And then call me back in four weeks. Well, the guy lost weight, of course. And he explained to him why. He said, well, because before you weren't doing anything to help your situation and now you're in compliance like 80% of the time. You're doing you're doing yeah. great. And I think it's the same with things like this. Like people shouldn't beat themselves up because they don't do it every single day. Um, as long as they're doing it more often than not, I think they're going to see a benefit. But I also think it's more of a positive mindset. So here we go. Before we finish up here, I wanted to ask you a really important question. You've coached a lot of people through yeah. this um, law of attraction process. What's the biggest misconception that you've seen about the law of attraction? I would think that people kind of, although there's so many, but I think the big one I might've already mentioned already is just, I think people see it as just like this tool to manipulate reality and kind of make all their ego wants come true. And here's the thing, all the stuff that we want as a human, the money, the healthy body, uh, being healthy physically, uh, money, jobs, all these things, right? It's like, there's no reason not to have them. And it's normal, I think, as humans to have these core things that we want to see in our life. But I think people get into the teaching more about, and they just try to attract stuff they don't have and be like, well, my mind wants this, so I want this. And it's like, yeah, that's okay, but you can't actually control anything outside of you. So the law of attraction, it's so much about focus externally, understandably, right? Because we have this human experience and we care what it looks like. And of course, we want to get up and enjoy our life every day. But it's like, you actually... You think you, so it makes you think you have all this control over your external circumstances, but you kind of don't have any control over them in the sense that how your energy manifests in your life, you can't really control it, but you have control in the sense that you control your energy. So if you have your energy in a certain way and your energy lends itself to good health, uh, a relationship, 
a good relationship with money, good people in your life. In that sense, you can control that because you have no choice but to manifest that energy back to you. But so don't, so I would say to people, really try to focus on the inner transformation, not trying to attract the stuff you don't have and not trying to get very attached to very specific representations of what you want. At the end of the day, short of holding a gun to your ex-boyfriend's head, there's nothing you can do to get him to take you back. You can't guarantee that that company is going to hire you for that job or you want that specific opportunity. I'm going to try to attract it. It's like maybe that's a good representation of what you want, but maybe there's something even better. And at the end of the day, anything outside of you, you can't control whether you get it or not. So don't see it as this tool that your mind can use to do its bidding. And well, I've decided I want this person, that specific job. And here's the thing, maybe it will be those specific things. And that's the best representation of what you want. But maybe it's not. So just be open. Focus on doing the inner work that will align you with the money, the boyfriend, the whatever you want. And don't try to be so focused on like the outside and just trying to attract the stuff you don't have and thinking I'm going to use the law of attraction to get all my stuff. And I think you can control any of that because it's kind of funny because we kind of can't. And it's it's freeing to realize that the mind doesn't like to hear that because it's like, well, no, I want to control everything. And I, I think the law of attraction is a way to do that. And it kind of gets excited. But it's really it's yeah, it's it's not about controlling your outside. Side. It's about aligning the inside, which will naturally lend itself to desirable outside circumstances, but we can't control them in the way we probably think we can when we first get our hands on a teaching like this. I think we can kind of misinterpret it as like the, the, the means of control. It's the inner world that technically is the control for lack of a better word. I don't like that word, but it's kind of the word we use. Focus on the inside and the outside automatically changes because the inside is a level of cause. Don't be so externally focused on everything all the time, trying to control it all. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. If you don't mind, let my listeners know where they can find you because I think you have a lot to offer. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, my website is livelifemadetoorder.com. You'll find hundreds of pieces of content there between my blog posts and my podcasts, um, information about my coaching services. I offer private coaching. Also, you'll find products I have on offer. There are um, a bunch of call series. So if you like this sort of or audio like podcasts and stuff, I think you would like that. I have it on a bunch of different topics from health to business to all these different topics. And also, I will be starting a new call series on June 22nd, all about manifesting uh, weight loss and a healthy body. I had some experience with that recently, and I just learned a lot on my own journey of dealing with that. And um, I'm excited to share that information with people. So if you head on over to my website, you'll see a link to sign up for the call recording. Again, it starts on the 22nd. It'll be a four-week series. And uh, it's pay-what-you-choose pricing. So no one has to miss out because of finances. So you can pay whatever <laughs> whatever you can afford to pay, whatever you want to pay. And yeah, everyone can participate that wants to. That is awesome. That is awesome. Uh, that's super cool. I'm yeah. excited to hear about it. I might even go check it out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. I like doing the call series because I like the audio content. I like doing them too a lot because I think it's a great way to transmit energy, like listening to people's voices and you can hear the energy behind it. So I'm a big fan of like the call series. Uh, that's all. That's what all my products are. That's very cool. Yeah. For anyone listening, I'm going to make sure to have links to all of this in the show notes and this is going to be episode number 255. So you'll find it at yogispodcastnetwork.com forward slash TNR255. And it'll have links back to Kelly's website and all these things that she's talking about. You know, don't be frantically writing down notes or anything like that. We got you covered. Or do, whichever. <laughs> all right. But on that Well, thanks note. again. <laughs> 
<laughs> Good night, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Nightly Rant. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. If you didn't enjoy the show, please just ignore that previous request for a rating. This has been a Yogi's Podcast Network production.